Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I quit. That's my topic. That's a special message to those of you who are addicted. Addicted to alcohol, addicted to pornography, to shopping, to overeating, to smoking, a wide variety of behaviors. Uh, are included in what we call the addictive behavior patterns. You can name about ten of them. And uh, they all have an addiction quality. Here's the deal about an addiction quality. It's something that you do that generates an immediate feeling of satisfaction. That is, it either gives you an arousal of happiness and pleasure, or it immediately reduces a feeling of displeasure, pain, agony in some way. So there's that immediate reaction that you would consider to be positive. Immediate in the sense of 30 seconds to a minute. Maybe a little longer than that, but usually within about a minute or two, that kind of feeling starts to show itself and take place. People who chew tobacco, 15 seconds. When that tobacco, the nicotine from that hits the heart. And the heart begins to increase in its rate and affects you. Gives you more energy. So that's an immediate response of positivism. That's what addiction is all about. But the other part of addiction is this. That after a period of time, could be an hour, could be a couple hours, there's a feeling of unrest, a feeling of, of irritability, of restlessness. It's a kind of an urge to have more of that addictive substance that you just had a couple, maybe an hour or two before. So there's an immediate arousal, which is positive, followed by a delayed sense of ill at ease or a sense of pain or a sense of distress. And then to get rid of that pain or distress, you engage in that addictive behavior once again to change that feeling. And then it goes round and round, over and over, one more, one more, one more, and you're into an addictive lifestyle. Most addictive substances, marijuana, cigarettes, alcohol, become addictive within a matter of days of using it. Doesn't that take very many days to use that particular substance and addiction takes place? Marijuana, we, we have found that addiction to marijuana takes place within the matter of the first week of trial. A week. And you're an addicted. And that will always be with you and live with you and live within you as a desire and an urge. But what about cigarette smoking, just as an example? And um, we're at a time now, we come to the end of the year, and what do people do? They make another resolution that they want to stop smoking, and that this year they're going to, they're going to stop. This is their year to stop. Many, many people do that. Few stop smoking. Few stop their addiction at the end of the year, even though that's something that they want. You see, addiction does not respond to reason. Addiction does not respond to a kind of a rational thought about it. It's an emotional behavior. It brings about an emotional change, emotional relief, emotional release. 
So addiction runs on emotion. You can't change an addiction by being reasonable, by just being smart about it, or just reading about it, or understanding it. That doesn't help. It might be good information to have, but it doesn't break the cycle of addiction. That's unfortunate. But that's the difference between something that is addictive and something that's just desired behavior. But when you're into an addiction, you're into a behavior that's rooted within the brain and rooted within the pleasure centers of the brain. And somehow you have to kind of break that pleasure center of the brain. Schick Corporation, we know them as the razor blade company, um, developed a stop smoking program. I was associated with that program for a number of years. And what they use the technique, if you will, of having people receive electric shock just by the thought of smoking or just by holding a cigarette in their hand or raising that cigarette from their table or from the down position up to their mouth. And as they moved it up towards their mouth, they gave electric shocks. Not the kind that would impair them, but just something that would hurt temporarily. They often used visualization. That as you started to think about smoking and as you started to light up and go into the smoking behavior pattern, you thought about vomit. You thought about some feeling of sickness and illness that you were about to experience as you took that addictive substance. They used it in alcohol treatment. They used it for weight control. They used it for stop smoking pro at a very high success rate, by the way. But here's the deal. It's important if you're going to stop smoking or any, any of these addictive behaviors, you've got to have a buddy. A buddy program works. You have to have a commitment with somebody to check on you every day. Something that you can call at any point in time when you're tempted to utilize that particular substance. A buddy program helps. You want to tell people that you're stopped smoking. You don't want to keep it a secret. If you keep it a secret and you break your, your promise, nobody knows. And so there's no embarrassment to it. There's no social control over it. But when you tell somebody, when you tell your friends, and you tell many of your friends, they will hold you accountable and you'll feel more accountable to them. And therefore more likely to succeed. Because you don't want to be let down in the eyes of your friend. Here's another idea that helps sometimes. Just go down into a public place like the mall somewhere, shopping center, and just gaze upon people who smoke and who don't smoke. Watch the people who smoke and just watch how they behave and the setting and the context in which they smoke. And then if for a period of time, watch people who do not smoke. Just see the differences. Not uncommon to come to a place in public we're outside, in the cold weather, rainy weather, whatever it might be, you have two or three people huddled up smoking. Now, what enjoyment is that, really? What pleasure is that, really? Isn't it better to have what non-smokers have? They're inside, they're enjoying themselves, they're talking, they're relating, they're going about their business in a non-smoking manner. So, just go watch. Observe. And see the subtleties of the differences between people who smoke and those who do not smoke. Huge difference. 
and see how you could fit into the pattern of people who do not smoke and avoid and leave the pattern of people who do smoke. But certainly every time you see it, every time you think about it yourself, flip over and think about vomit. Vomiting onto the cigarette, vomiting onto the smoking pattern that you have. Make it an emotional experience. If you don't like vomit, use sweat. Think of your body as just heating up and being hot and sweaty or cold and chilly upon the very thought of smoking, if you will. In other words, associate smoking, smoking with something that's very uncommon and very unpleasant and very uh, hurtful or very uh, painful to you. But let me just tell you a little bit about the benefits of quitting smoking. Now, I know, I just said that, logic and reasoning and facts don't make much of a difference. But now that you've given some more thought to it, let me just kind of tick off some points that might be of interest to you and hopefully it can motivate you, but um, probably not. It'd probably be just facts that would go through your head. But here are the facts anyway. Here are the facts that you're ignoring. Here are the facts that you're overlooking. Here are the facts that you're putting down. Within 24 hours, your risk of a heart attack starts to drop when you stop smoking. Within 24 hours of stop smoking, your risk of a heart attack now goes down. In other words, you're healthier. Here's another one. After a few days of non-smoking, your sense of taste and your sense of smell comes back and improves. Okay? You didn't have that sense of taste and smell when you ate food or when you were drinking some substance. It was just bland. But after a few days, you get that taste and that smell back. Here's another fact. After a few short weeks of not smoking... Your ability to do regular activities and exercise improves. In other words, you have more energy, you have more strength, you have more gumption to act, to exercise. Here's another fact. One year after non-smoking, one year after quitting, your risk of getting a heart attack is reduced by 50%. If you cannot smoke for one whole year, you have a 50% less chance of having a heart attack than you did just one year earlier. And here's another fact. Over 10 years, your risk of dying from many types of cancer is much lower when you stop smoking. 10 years of non-smoking, your risk of cancer goes way down. And here's another fact. 15 years after quitting, the risk of heart, heart attack and disease is about the same as a person who has never smoked at all. In other words, you come back to normal. It takes about 15 years. Now, we know that you're not going to stop smoking because you want to have a better health pattern profile 15 years from now. We know that. We know that you're not going to smoke, stop smoking because... 
we know that you aren't going to use this idea of 10 years from now that you're going to be healthier. We know that. We know that you're not going to stop smoking so that a year from now you're healthier. You can exercise and you can move about better. We know that's going to stop you from smoking. The thing that will stop you from smoking is that you have a heart attack and you survive. You have a heart attack and you survive. That's got about an 85% success rate associated with that as a stop smoking program. 85% of the people who smoke and have a heart attack and survive stop smoking. 85% of them. That's the best program out there. Have a heart attack and survive it. Now, there's no way to predict that. No way to determine that. But that's what the research shows. Here's another fact that you might want to take into consideration. To stop smoking, just make sure, sure that you have publicly declared you're done. It's not a matter of quitting. That's not the word to use. I don't like the word to use. I quit. That means you're going to pick it up again. That means you're going to start it over again. You just quit for the time being. It's no more. That's the word. It's no more. I smoke no more. It's a stop smoking program. There's no ifs and buts about it. It's done. We stop smoking and for no more, we, st we smoke. It's no more. It's no more. That's the concept that you've got to get into your head to help you. You can do it. People do it. People stop smoking all the time. There are people stop smoking all the time. Maybe this is your time. I hope so. hope this has been a little bit of encouragement to you. Maybe you can take on some kind of a task to get you going. Some people use that nicotine gum. Some use the nicotine patch. You know, some use, it's called nicotine replacement therapy. That's what it's called. But the um, gum and the patches are available in various stores, such as Costco and so on. You get them on Amazon. But, you know, you may want to try it. I don't have a lot of hope. don't have a lot of faith in it. But, you know, it just might work for you. And if it does, wonderful. Wonderful. I would love to see you as one of the successes of a non-smoking person for the rest of your life. That would be a wonderful experience. Well, anyway, thanks for joining me. Now, I'll tell you what. If um, you're not a smoker, this doesn't really apply to you, pass this on to somebody who is. Forward this podcast on. Send it around to three or four or five people that you're concerned about, that you love, and who are smokers, or who are addicted to something. Maybe this will help them kind of face the facts of addiction and move forward, okay? So, the podcast is yours to use with the people you love and care about and would like to see uh, well into the future and not die early, or not be sick and uh, under cancer or other kind of heart diseases and so on earlier than necessary. Okay? Bye for now.